0: Welcome to yet another Crypto Market Weekly Recap. It is Friday, July 1st. Today, we're talking about what's going on in crypto, what's happening in this space at large, what's making headlines, what are the big players doing, and what are we keeping our eyes open on. Enjoy. Welcome to the Crypto Labs Experience, where freedom to us is simply non negotiable. This podcast is dedicated to helping you take your power back and create your own version of financial freedom. Join us as we surf the blockchain and explore the world of crypto, DeFi, and the future of money. Buckle up and enjoy the adventure. So first of all, if you haven't listened to our recent episode on what's going on with exchanges like Voyager or Celsius or Coinbase, highly recommend you do. I won't talk about it too much in this episode because we've already mentioned it. We've, we have we talk about this a lot, and this is probably the thing we try to hammer down with clients the most, is not your keys, not your coins. Not your keys, not your coins. And you know, I've been removing myself from sort of the traditional banking system, so to speak, because I didn't like banks having custody of my dollars, and those dollars weren't really even mine to begin with. So why would I move that into a centralized exchange that now is basically doing what banks are doing except they're not as regulated so they're taking way more risk with it. They're lending it. They're not, you know, it's... And, and, it's not insured. So for the few extra percent you can get from keeping your coins on a centralized exchange versus moving it to, you know, a cold storage wallet, to me it's, like, it's no-brainer. I would rather have... My coins or tokens sitting on in DeFi protocols making me yield, making me money than on a centralized exchange, like full stop, not even a question. So listen to that episode if you do have some crypto sitting in a centralized exchange, and it's worth listening to and just getting educated on. As a whole, the market cap is up one percent since yesterday, but down. It's actually not telling me here, but I believe it's around down six or seven percent. For the week, Bitcoin is sitting still at around $20,000. It likes to bounce around around that $20,000 mark, down around 8% for the week, up around 1% since yesterday. Ethereum is sitting still around that 1000 1080 price point. And we're looking at a uh, rise of 2.5% since yesterday, 13% in the red for the week. Tether and USD coin make up the next two coins in market cap. Where's XRP at? XRP at... Is at around 31 cents. Cardano is around 44 cents. Solana is at around 32, 33 dollars. Dogecoin sitting in number ten is so odd to me, but it—it's crazy in market cap. Of course, we're talking here. Uh, Never been a fan of Dogecoin, but you know people made a lot of money from it. Uh, I'm looking for utility, and if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm really about the utility. I care less about this short-term price action and what Bitcoin's going to do in a week or two weeks or five weeks. But I am very interested in what this space is going to be doing in a year, five years, 10 years. Like it it excites the crap out of me. So I'm sure that, and I, I just think it's a healthy philosophy to have. I'm not a day trader and I'm not in this for a quick buck at all. Now, there have been moments where I did make a quick buck. And we are in a lot of different, you know, yielding and income producing projects and tokenized real estate. And because things have been trading so sideways for the last, you know, however long, I do use trading bots that grid trade for me. And You're welcome to Google this, but like a grid trading bot. And those grid trading bots will are, are great at trading kind of sideways movement, buying low, selling high, et cetera, et cetera. There's arbitrage bots, which do great in any kind of market. There's trading platforms that you can earn the trading rewards from, and I'm I'm, I I love those kind like I love those kind of projects, and I'm 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 an entrepreneur. I love earning money. I love finding opportunity. But when it comes to these coins, anything under like the top twenty five or like Dogecoin doesn't interest me. I want utility. You know, I'm very very bullish. I mean, Avalanche is up. Where are we here? Avalanche, Avalanche, Avalanche. Yeah, Avalanche has been all over the place, and down around 18% for the week, but I love Layer 1, I love Avalanche, I love what they're doing, and I love the roadmap, all these altcoins are bleeding hard, because, well, Bitcoin, when Bitcoin is bleeding, the, movies, the money is moving out of altcoins, generally into Bitcoin, but as we can see recently, all the money in the market has been moving into stablecoins, as people wait it out, seeing where to invest it next, I was talking about this a few days ago, there's, um, how much here, there's, 66 billion and 55 billion dollars sitting in stablecoins waiting to be deployed that's exciting that's really exciting and 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 in these cycles it's it's pretty much always generally the same thing happens is the market starts hurting money moves out of altcoins Generally into Bitcoin or ETH, and now that stablecoins are such a big part of this ecosystem, a lot of the money moves into stablecoins. As the market turns around, a lot of the money moves from stablecoins into Bitcoin, into ETH, and then into altcoins. And so altcoins will always out generally outperform, or they'll do better or worse than Bitcoin is doing. So in a bull run, you know Bitcoin will go up X percent, and altcoins will go up X X percent. But as you can see in this bear market, altcoins really really suffer. Like they just swing more dramatically to the upside and the downside news let me click onto here uh michael saylor bought another what 10 million dollars in bitcoin i believe 10 million dollars bitcoin how much is 10 million dollars in bitcoin how many bitcoin is that 480 bitcoin for around 10 million dollars at a uh, in cash for a price of 20,817 dollars per coin that's exciting uh, balance sheets, do, do, do. they hold approximately 129,699 Bitcoin. That's exciting. Uh, their average price of buying Bitcoin, their average price was around $30,664 per coin. So they are down a couple percent there. Well, not a couple, more like 20, 25, 30 percent. But they look, um, you know, they have the long-term thinking, long-term plan on it. What else we got here? I had some really, really fun stuff here. I love seeing... So luxury brands, there's a great article here. This is from CNN Business. Crypto's crashing, but the tech behind it could save luxury brands billions. I enjoy luxury cars. I really enjoy... I mean, I, I subscribe to so many car channels. I think in a different life, I would have had some car channel where I reviewed exotic cars or something. like. I just love them so much. I love their engineering. I love the make ness that's not a word, of some of these brands and just, you know, I don't know. I just always loved machines. And so I understand that culture of the little extra additional things that just make something so unique, so awesome. So luxury brands like, um, you know, Prada, Gucci, Versace, they've had an issue of authenticating or verifying, I guess, the authenticity of, let's say, a purse. And they are investing heavily. And generally, these companies are all, you know, these brands are all, you know, quote, unquote, in competition with each other. But they've all been, in a way, working together to really invest and develop and get on the blockchain to, let me pull this up here because they just said it so well. Uh, So, okay, here's the problem that they're solving. Luxury brands lost uh, $98 billion worth of sales due to counterfeit in 2017 alone. $98 billion worth of sales in just 2017. That's crazy. And it goes on to say the losses can damage both profit and reputation, which is kind of a big deal. So they're moving on to the blockchain to... And I'm going to go here. Blockchain is such a fast-moving technology, da-da-da-da. What Aura is all about is making blockchain easy for luxury brands. And what are they doing? Uh, To date, more than 20 brands are using Aura software with over 17 million products registered on the platform, says OTT. These brands are in competition in every other aspect, but they are collaborating on this technology to move this ahead faster in the most secure way. It's really traceability and trust. So creating a digital twin for physical products like shoes or handbags or a software compiles a ledger of information such as the material type and source, when and where it was made and how many were published. Then the consumer gets a greater level of proof and protection by acting as a digital certificate, we're really talking about NFTs in a way, of authentication, authentication. there we go, that uses bank level encryption and is impossible to fake. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, and and I see the evolution of this on a lot of fronts. Plus, when we hold these things in our wallets, and, you know, the, and we'll be talking about the Metaverse in a moment here because there's a ton of companies moving into the Metaverse as we speak. It's really cool to see. We hold them in our digital wallets, or eventually we can put them on display in our little digital assets, homes, whatever. And, you know, a, a lot of these luxury items for people are a way to... Show what's important to them. Gain status. Say that, hey, I've got a Rolls. I got a Ro- well, either a Rolls Royce or a Rolex. I've got a, I've got a Prada handbag. I've got, you know, Gucci sunglasses. Whatever. I've got this car, that car, and even even the most self aware individuals, we still do this. It's like so ingrained in our DNA, and it's just another way to display the things that are important to us. And whether you know you you like that or not is irrelevant. That's what people want for the most part and I think that's pretty cool. And so they're investing a lot of money um and a lot of time into creating that technology. I'm just scanning through the article. I think that's pretty much um yeah, the Aura is using uh, to give luxury products a unique digital ID that will help consumers ensure their product is the real deal. Pretty cool. What else have we got? Uh, more than 500 companies are building the metaverse. Uh, over the course of a year, number of companies working on the metaverse grew from 200 in July 2021 to more than 500 right now, uh, according to a report on the metaverse by market researcher Newzu. A year ago, a lot of people could plausibly say they never heard of the metaverse, but with demand for virtual living exploding thanks to the pandemic, the metaverse quickly spread as a vision for life in persistent 3D spatial worlds that were all interconnected in an online universe. This sounded strange to me when I first heard it, and it's funny because I spent a lot of time on the computer working with clients, building things, building programs, building businesses, whatever. But I don't like play computer games. I used to, like as a kid, I liked like Commander Keen or, like, the basic, like, Turtles games, whatever. But I never really played in online communities and, like, online chats in, um, you know, hanging out with friends. Like, no friends I know really play video games. Like, you know, hang out for hours on whatever, like, Call of Duty or whatever. But, and so I didn't really fully understand it. And so I started kind of diving into that world to understand that world more. And I started learning that there are friendships that are built over 10-year periods of time and they've never met. And there's like a video on YouTube that went viral of like the Call of Duty friends met in real life after 15 years of knowing each other on the internet. And they were like crying and hugging. And it was like this, They were they were like best friends. Now, whether, you know, we like that or not is kind of irrelevant. Like at first I was like, that's really weird. And then I was like, is it? Because tattoos used to be really weird. Pink hair used to be really weird. This, that used to be really weird. But human beings, we just keep moving things forward. And so, if you can still experience same emotion, same connection, and, and believe me, I still have to wrap my head around this sometimes. I mean, I have friends. I mean, there we go. I have friends, like maybe clients who became friends that I haven't met in real life. I have some friends that I meet and see. I mean, I'm I'm meeting someone today. The last time I saw him was over a year ago. Yet we've been connected the whole year, talking on the phone, texting, checking in on each other once a month. And I feel very connected to him. And so if, if physical presence isn't necessary to build connections and experiences, then it's no wonder why things are moving in the direction of the metaverse. And if we can have digital worlds that talk that you can interact, that you can explore, that you can go into someone's home, see their displays, see the things they own, get together with friends, get together in meetings, join events, join concerts. I understand it. I get it. Would I like to be there in person instead? Yeah, but that's not always doable. can't travel the world every day to be somewhere else. The metaverse is also, I I see so much business application, even coaching, like I obviously love the online business kind of coaching consulting space. There's so much potential for what that brings. So the metaverse is is evolving rapidly. I have played in the metaverse on, uh, what was that? Uh, Decentraland, I believe. And it's still kind of clunky, but I can go around check things out. I know people get married in the metaverse now. I think the first one was years ago. It's becoming a little more common interesting interesting stuff but it's the world is going that way and so we either reject that and stick to our old ways or we accept it and you know get with the times and explore the opportunities doesn't mean we have to hang in the metaverse all day but there's people who really want to there's people who really want to Uh, The EU imposing stricter new crypto regulations, and I believe this one's mostly around stablecoins. I'm going to go down here. As the EU delves into DeFi, we will collaborate with policymakers to ensure there is a safe and robust system for users while making space for continued innovation in the Web3 world. That's really good news. A lot of what we're seeing in crypto right now is also, obviously, macroeconomic factors at play. Everything is suffering. And, you know, this is cyclical, of course. And... Crypto being a little more speculative is getting that brunt end of the stick, but look like it it absolutely will turn around. Has to. Has to, because the innovation, of the technology continues to move forward. Governments are creating regulation and policy, but they want the innovation of crypto and Web three. They've all stated that. And. As long as that trend continues, then prices will catch up. More people will come into the space. More people means more money coming into the space. But well, The market cap right now is, what, $900 billion or so, just under the trillion dollar mark. That is peanuts compared to what's waiting to come into the market. So getting educated now is, I think, the best thing we can do. Uh, so, da, 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 da. yeah, the EBA, the European Banking Authority, really just compliant stablecoins. Uh, for stablecoins, the new regulation states that only fully backed stablecoins will be compliant, and that holders must be able to redeem the coin at a one-to-one ratio at any time and free of charge by the issuer. That totally makes sense. Super down for that. Um, you know, ideal mostly in USDC, which is a fully backed stablecoin redeemable one-for-one. USDT, Tether. They are, they say they are. A lot of the market is propped up by USDT. There's a lot of fear around that. But the more, um, what word am I looking for? The more audits that are being done on USDT, I think things are turning out all right so far, which is good for crypto, very good for crypto. And I agree. I mean, more regulation around stablecoin is a, um, is a, I'm very happy about that. Very happy with that. Uh, What else here? Following MicroStrategy, El Salvador's, I always, Bukali, I always, I'm always like, did I just pronounce his name right? Uh, Buys another Bitcoin dip too. Skeptics chime in. Uh, El Salvador's president has also broken his recent silence on all things Bitcoin. He announced that the country has bought the latest dip, splashing out on uh, BTC80 virtual coins at a price of USD $19,000 per coin. Uh, cost the nation some $1.5 million. The president took to Twitter, the only channel here any members of the governance have ever used to announce the BTC purchases to break the news. And he, purchased this, or he posted the screenshots of multiple transactions uh, when Bitcoin dropped around the $19,000 mark. Uh, there were people who celebrated it, people who mocked it, as always. That's what happens when you make bold moves. I for us as a company for me as an individual company is heavily invested in crypto and I am as well i have there are there are especially layer 1 projects that i'm very excited by i don't want to give particular picks or coins because i don't think that's fair honest or the right thing to do ever so i don't play that game but i can give you my mind of sort of what we're looking at. Any projects with utility, real world utility, real world utility. I mean, I've always loved tokenized real estate. Love it. Real world utility that's utilizing blockchain technology. Any trading platforms that are, you know, you can, you can, you can, we'll just say stake certain coin or you know get in as an investor and receive the fees for trading because that doesn't matter whether the market's going up or down. I love those platforms and I have money across multiple platforms earning me, you know, a daily income around that. Any coins that I'm super bullish on, they're staked, they're locked in. I am not that interested in any Layer 2s or any experimental projects right now because those are all just losing. I mean, those are all just crashing like crazy. Uh, Bitcoin, long-term, very bullish on. Continue to buy Bitcoin. I'm excited by Bitcoin. I got a plan. I got a plan to own a lot of Bitcoin. I want to, Someday I'll, I'm going to beat El Salvador. Half kidding. Don't have that kind of cash. But I'd like to um, continue stacking Bitcoin. Uh, I'm like a five or 10 year long on Bitcoin or longer, who knows? And just remember cash is a position too. I do have cash on the sidelines waiting to be deployed. I deploy in small bits and I'm still waiting for my big, big move. I uh, haven't taken that big move yet. The last big move I took was last around June or July in the big dip. And I'm waiting right now to make big moves. And my small incremental dollar cost averaging moves continue to play out. I continue to experiment with new projects that have utility and especially any income generating, yielding, anything I get returns, rewards, any projects that I'm long-term bullish on. How can I stake these? How can I get more of them? That's my strategy and I continue to play it. And, you know, week by week, we'll report on what's going on in the news, what's going on in crypto. Hopefully this was enjoyable to you. I really don't want to create those channels that just spread fear, whether that's fear of what's happening or fear of missing out. I just, I just don't like that. I don't enjoy it, and so I don't do it. I just want to give kind of a big picture view. What's going on? What are other people doing? What's happening in the market without any emotional, you know, biased towards what's going on? Like, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. This is what others are doing. This is the adoption that's happening. And although things are in the red now, you make your own decisions and choices. A lot of people invert charts, meaning when things are shooting up, the, the the candlesticks turn red. Dollar cost average out of the market. Things are too heated right now. And when things are going down, and I have a chart like this, when things are going down, it goes more and more green, signaling, hey, buy." Do the opposite of what most people are doing in life, and you will, for the most part, For the the majority part, be right. Be okay. And I have taken that rule to heart, uh, you know, ever since kind of high school, even before high school. I always questioned the world. And why are things this way? Because it seems like one big kind of scam. Like, it doesn't seem like why. And I was just told because that's the way it is. Never liked that answer, and I still don't to this day. Check out all of our guest episodes, too. We're doing a whole bunch of guest episodes that are coming out over the next two or three weeks. We've had um, Ben from BTC Sessions. We talked all about Bitcoin and the Lightning Network. We've got Luke over from the UK, who's a crypto educator. Uh, We've got BitBoy coming on the show, who is a YouTube personality in the crypto space, and more guests lined up as well. So stay tuned. Check out our Wednesday episodes for guests and our Monday episodes for educational content. With that said, appreciate you, and I'll see you next week.